Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Before, before we get into Scripture, to give you guys also to give you guys a minute to flip to it if you want to follow along, uh, I'm going to open in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for you bringing us here together, getting us here safely, Lord, uh, with the snowy roads out there. We thank you for a nice warm building to commune when it's, wow, to commune in. <clears throat> we thank you for your word, your love, your mercy, and for just the blessing of fellowship. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so this, this week we're in James chapter 5, uh, verses 13 through 20. It says, is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way, will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Praise God for his word. Let's continue in worship. Oh, how are you guys this morning? Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Well, I'm glad to have you guys here this morning. <clears throat> and I'm excited. It's been a while since I've been up preaching. Um, Probably been a few months. I think Dan felt bad after that little three or four week stint I had in like October, November. Because he went hunting and then he got COVID and then he went hunting again. <laughs> but, yeah. But it's, it's good to be back up here. Uh, yeah. The thing. There we go. Oh. Maybe. No, that's okay. Beautiful, wonderful. So this week we're talking about confession. Um, confession is kind of a kind of an interesting topic, right? We we all have some preconceived notions about what that could be. Uh, in fact, I have some pictures about what some of those preconceived notions might be. We'll get to that in a minute. Confession is a very humbling thing. No matter, no matter what perspective you're coming at it from, 
It's kind of bearing your soul, right? It's bringing something into the light. And that can be heavy. But I really like what that pastor said in that little, like, couple-minute video that I had at the beginning. He said, once you have brought that up with somebody, you've talked about it, you've let it out, you recognize that the boogeyman's not as big as you thought it was. Everybody's got their problems. Everybody. I guarantee it. And the Bible tells us that we are only faced with temptations that are common to man. The things that we experience, other people are struggling with too. So you're not alone in this, and I want to encourage you in that as we delve into confession and talking about what that means for us. And I want to remind you, have your Connect cards handy. So, what do you guys picture when you think of confession? What do you guys picture? So I actually, I almost put up an SNL skit uh, about confessionals uh, and, and going into confessional, um, and it was a priest who did confession for dogs. And so these dogs would come in, and they would say, you know, like, I ate chicken bones out of the garbage can and whatnot. Uh, and so instead of, instead of X number of Hail Marys uh, or whatever it was, you know, you get three bad dogs um, and a swat with a newspaper kind of thing. Um, and it was, it was humorous, but I also thought that it was something that, honestly, the one thing that I really, that, that made me think, no, I'm not going to put that up, is at the end, um, the priest talked about absolving the, well, the dog uh, from their sins. And I thought, hmm, I don't like that, because Jesus is the one who absolves us from our sins. Um, and it is good to confess our sins to one another. But it's not that other person that gives you forgiveness. It's only Jesus. So that's why I didn't throw in that little snippet. But it's kind of funny. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It's like dog confessions or something like that. Or, uh, so if you want to look it up, you can find it. It's from the 90s. So it's one of those you know, older SNL skits. So my confession for you guys this morning is I'm a Batman nerd. I don't know what you guys think. You know, I, I am. I'm a big Batman nerd. So I have... Like, all kinds of Batman video games at home. That's why I got that picture up there. Uh, so this is a television series that came out in the 90s, uh, and I watched reruns of it as a kid when I was growing up, and I have the whole series on Blu-ray. Uh, I have the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy at home on DVD. Uh, I have a bunch of the comics, which is why I got that up there. So my confession for you guys this morning is that I am a Batman nerd. Now, that's not some deep, dark, dirty secret, um, but now you all know it. And I know that there's at least two more Batman nerds who attend church here. Uh, I'm not going to single them out, but we've had conversations about it before. One of them may or may not be laughing. Um, <clears throat> but a more honest confession would be this one. Sometimes on Sunday morning, I am not in the best attitude. Now, part of that is because I am not a fan of waking up early in the morning. I know that I've mentioned this a few times. Uh, but I am not 
that is not something that I am partial to. If, if the world revolved around me, our services would be at like 11 and 1 p.m. Um, yeah, I, I'd eat breakfast at like 9.30 in the morning, and then, you know, we'd come, and then I'd have lunch at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd be okay with that. I know a lot of people would not be okay with that, and it's fine that the world does not revolve around me. Uh, but sometimes I'm not in the best of attitudes. Another thing that gets me sour is when technology doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I, I, can, I can be relatively patient with people, but technology is designed and programmed to do what we tell it to do. And so when it doesn't, I get very frustrated. I don't know if you saw the cranky face that I had as I came and I rebooted the camera because it turned itself off shortly after I did announcements this morning. And so the live stream wasn't up and running through pretty much all of worship. Um, I was not a happy camper. Uh, yeah, that's, well, that's scary too, you know. It's like Terminator stuff. Oh. Well, yeah, that, that too. So, like I said, a more honest confession is sometimes my attitude is not where it should be. And I, I, think, I think, you know, we all, have, we all have our problems. And that's not the only problem I have in life, but that's just one that came to mind because that's one that sometimes is a reality on Sunday morning when I walk in the church. Sometimes my heart's not where it should be because I am tired and cranky and... I, I, the coffee hasn't permeated and I have not woken up yet. And that's a me issue. That is an issue with Brentley William Pastelic. As we get into these verses, I want you to think about yourself. I want you to think about how you can apply these principles in your life. Starting in verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. So something interesting I found out as I was researching this passage is the word for sick up there, boop, in that verse, is also translated as meaning weak. It doesn't necessarily just have to be a physical ailment. It doesn't have to be that you are, you know, dealing with the sniffles. It doesn't have to be I have cancer. It doesn't have to be I'm going in for surgery next week. It doesn't have to be something like that. It can be a weakness. It can be a struggle. It could be more of a spiritual sickness. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the exclusive meaning of it. It can also be, you know, if you have cancer, of course bring it before people and have them pray over it. And one of the commentaries I was reading pointed out that it says, 
uh, to pray over them and anoint them with oil. And how that is not saying we shouldn't seek medical help either. Uh, there are some people who can, can take prayer to an extreme and say, I'm not going to go to the doctor, I'm just going to pray over it. And that's not to say that that's a bad attitude to have. But oil was a very common medical treatment back in those days. If you remember the parable of the Good Samaritan, he treated the wounds of the, uh, not the Samaritan, the, he treated, the Samaritan treated the wounds of the man who was robbed and beaten with oil and wine. And so that was a part of the medical treatment. It was seeking help both spiritually and physically with the anointing of oil. I thought that was interesting. As I was looking over that, the whole, is anybody here a doctor, kind of came to my mind. Because we see, is any of you sick? Is any of you happy? Is any of you this? Is any of you that? And my brain went to, is anybody a doctor? Because it's also about seeking help, right? It's about recognizing, if you're sick, bring in people, get help. If you're happy, rejoice, share it with others. It's okay to call in other people. As silly as this example sounds, I thought of the movie Airplane. And can anybody, is, is there anyone on this flight who can fly a plane? Now, obviously, that's not something you want to hear coming from the intercom speaker on your airplane. Uh, but sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need to call for the assistance of others. And that is okay. That can even be a good thing. It says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. I'm going to pause there before I scoot on to verse 16. Remember how we talked about how that that sickness doesn't have to just be sick. It can be weakness, like a spiritual weakness. This kind of ties in with that. It talks about how we will be forgiven. If you have sinned, you will be forgiven. It's not just about, oh, my leg's falling off. Let's pray about my leg. It can be, oh, my heart's not in the right spot. Let's pray over my heart. The Lord will raise you up. And so, in light of this, in light of recognizing when we're not doing well, calling on others for prayer, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I love that verse, so I'm going to read that again. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I'm going to emphasize this again. Um, we're praying for each other to be healed. The Lord is the one who will raise you up and forgive you. We confess our sins to each other to be healed. 
There is a little bit of a distinction there. I know I'm kind of picking apart words, but I think that that's an important distinction to make. Forgiveness comes from the Lord, and healing comes from the Lord and from community. So here's the two things that came to my mind when I thought of confession. I thought of both the confessional booth, and I also thought of calling a witness to the stand. Someone who's going to confess something. Both of those... Oh. You can only confess if you're a criminal. You protest if you're a witness. Protest means you state it. Uh, only a person who's guilty can confess. That's true. But we are all guilty and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. So thank you, Kenny. Uh, I appreciate that. That's good stuff. Huh? Ah, I like that. <laughs> They're arguing over whether Kenny's a confessor or a professor now. <clears throat> I think she's going to plead the fifth on that one. When we confess something, that's a heavy situation. That means bringing to light and admitting something. My Connect card point number one for you guys, if you're following along with your Connect cards, which I'm encouraging you to do this morning, is recognizing that our sin has hurt both ourselves and others. I think part of the power in confessing our sins to other people is recognizing that some of those sins have hurt other people. And so maybe saying, so for example, if I came in in a sour attitude, confessing to you guys could bring a little bit of healing if you recognize, man, Brentley, he's being a sourpuss this morning. If that made you feel bitter or resentful towards me, me recognizing that and apologizing, saying, I'm sorry that sometimes my heart is not in the right place on Sunday mornings, that can bring some healing into that situation. Apologizing for, you know, maybe lying to your spouse or your boss or apologizing for being late. That's something else I'm pretty guilty of. Uh, Punctuality is not my strongest suit. Um, <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> he's, he's saying that because I have been late to dinner, and that's made his dinner late, because Mom's polite enough to hold dinner for me. Uh, and so sometimes on Tuesdays when I go over to their house for dinner, he, who has been outside working all day, because he's, he's a construction worker, so he's doing like manual labor. He's hungry when he's back home from a day's worth of work. And so sometimes he's not happy when dinner is 15 minutes late because I'm 15 minutes late because I was out running errands. So, yeah. Recognizing that can bring some healing into that situation. Now, that also doesn't mean dad's not going to be hungry if I apologize. That doesn't mean there aren't going to be consequences to the situation. It doesn't mean that everything's just magically going to be better but it can bring some healing and some understanding. And we're told to bring healing into those situations multiple times throughout the Bible. 
Jesus warns us that if we're going in, well, at that time it was bringing offerings into the temple. It's a little bit different now. But he was saying, if you're on your way to go worship God and you recognize you've got a problem with your brother, turn around, go home, fix that, and then come to the Lord. We need to recognize that we bring hurt to other people in our lives. That's something we need to confess. Scooting on to the next verses. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Three and a half years is a long time. I haven't worked here for three and a half years yet. Can you imagine if it hadn't rained or snowed or sleeted or misted here since longer than I've been working here, which is longer than COVID's been happening? Sometimes it's hard to remember before COVID, let alone before that. Three and a half years is a long time. And then... When he prayed, the heavens gave rain and the earth produced his crops. It reminded me of the place where Dan Schumach is at right now. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures like this, but this is what the desert looks like a couple of days after rain happens. There are a lot of blossoming plants that are out there and they only bloom right after the rain happens. And they're only there for a couple of days. And then they go back into pretty much a hibernation. And their seeds are designed to do that. Those plants thrive that way. That's how God made them to be. And so when you see those blooms, it's gorgeous and it's beautiful. Bringing healing into a situation where there's been pain can bring about a blossoming, a healing, a growth. And God is faithful when we are earnest in our prayer like that. And the passage reminded us Elijah was just a regular guy. I mean, yes, he was a prophet. Yes, he was called by the Lord. But if you are a believer in Christ... That means you have been called by the Lord. The Bible tells us, one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's got a plan for you. And if you believe in him, that means that he has called on you and you have called back on him seeking that forgiveness. And so, each and every one of you here today who is a believer has access to prayer like that, has access to the power of the Holy Spirit like that. So I want to encourage you with connect card point number two to seek growth 
and accountability with others. That growth, that growth can't happen if we're not open and if we're not praying earnestly. Last two verses of this passage. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. This links back to what that pastor was saying in my little video at the beginning. He was saying that everybody who goes into war should have a battle buddy. Mark commented something on stage, which I thought was pretty neat. He said, you know, if you look in the Bible, Samson, he often went into battle by himself. But Samson's story does not end well or really start well or is good in the middle. (laughs) We see that the Lord uses Samson for good things to free his people. But that's really more in spite of the things that Samson does. Samson wasn't being accountable. He was committed to a vow, a promise from birth to be set aside special and holy for God, to never cut his hair, to not drink, to not touch unclean things and eat unclean foods. He did all of those things, by the way, every single one of them, some of them multiple times. He wasn't accountable for that promise. It's hard for us to hold ourselves accountable. Now, I'm not going to say that it's entire, well, it is kind of entirely impossible. We have sinful natures, and we're going to fail. Each and every one of us has a sinful nature, and we are going to fail. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That doesn't exclude anybody in this room. And having somebody to have your back, to hold you accountable, can help guide you back when you're straying, can help pull your heart in the right direction, can help say, hey, have you been committed to coming to church? Have you been committed to getting in the Word? How's your attitude been? How's your heart been? What's really going on in life? Now that takes honesty. That takes being open with somebody. That's not always easy. Confession can be hard. But once you bring that into the light, you're not hiding anything anymore. Which is the really interesting thing about confessing. It's easy to say, I have deep, dark secrets, and I don't want anybody finding out about the skeletons in my closet. And so I'm just going to lock the door, and I'm going to slide the key underneath the door, and we're going to forget that it's even there. What closet? I don't know what you're talking about. But the problem is, as more and more stuff piles up behind that door, it's going to pop off the hinges. 
And one day it's all going to be out there to bear anyway. So if you unlock the door and organize your closet and say, yeah, there's a few bones in the back there. It's messy, but I'm working on it. Then you can actually clean your closet and find that one sock that's been missing and hasn't been in the dryer. But that takes bringing that thing from the dark into the light. And even sharing that with just one person can help. There is someone who has faithfully faithfully been texting me once a week for the past two or three months saying, hey, how have you been doing this week? Have you been getting in God's Word? It's It's not much. It's not every day. It's not every couple of days. It's once a week. Usually Friday, but sometimes it gets bumped back to Saturday. And I am thankful for that because I recognize that there are days where Brentley's will power alone ain't going to cut it. And having someone to say, hey, how are you doing this week? Have you been doing your devotions? Have you been praying? Even just that little bit is enough to help incentivize me, is enough to help push me into growing more. And we're told that as soon as we side with Jesus, that we have an active adversary, an enemy. That's what Satan means, by the way. It means the adversary. Satan, his job, more or less, is to be against us. And once you side with Jesus, he's just going to work harder at it. Because when you're not with Jesus, he can be complacent where he's at. What's he got to lose at that point with you? But once you're with Jesus, now all of a sudden, you have made yourself an enemy. So you need a battle buddy. That's what this community is here for, to rally around you, to support you, to encourage you. That's why church is so important. And one of the best ways to get that true encouragement and to really seek healing and growth by being honest, by being open, and confessing. So I'm going to challenge you. Now, you you don't have to do this. I'm not going to look around for answers. But I want to challenge you to write on your Connect card something that you need to confess. Now, if you end up just confessing it by writing it down and slipping it in your Bible and taking it home, Jen might be cranky with me that she didn't get a good account of the attendance, but that'll be okay because a lot of people don't fill out their Connect cards anyway. I know. I know. The tragedy. But if you write, if you write a sin on there and you confess it and you slip that in the little the little connect card box on your way out the door, Dan and I read every single connect card and we pray over them. If you confess your sins to Dan and I, 
we will guaranteed pray over that sin. And if you'd like, we can shoot you a text message or give you a phone call and say, hey, how are you doing with blank? You fill in the blank, literally. I want to encourage you, challenge you to do that. Now, you don't have to do that, and I'm not going to run around and say, hey, did you fill out your connect cord? But I want to challenge you to do that this morning. Because bringing that into light, it's a little bit painful. It's kind of like cleaning the wound. But once it's out there and you've got nothing to hide, that joy and that peace, which transcends all understanding, oh, that hits home. Some of my most ecstatic moments in my faith, some of the like, you know, highest mountaintop peaks, have been that feeling when I have brought my sins to bear and let them go. But that takes confession. So I want to encourage you this morning, even though it might be a little bit painful, even though it might be a little bit awkward, or a lot bit awkward, I want to encourage you to confess your sins. And... I'm going to take this one step further. If there's anyone who hasn't confessed their sins to the Lord, remember back a few verses, that's where you get forgiveness. Confessing them to one another is where you get support. Confessing them to Jesus is where you get forgiveness. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word, for the forgiveness that you offer each and every one of us, for the fact that you will bring us community and healing here in your church. We thank you for the forgiveness that you offer us through your son, Jesus, and we thankful, thank you for the peace and the joy that confessing those sins can bring us. Precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.